0: Hello and welcome to Leaderonomics FM. My name is Zof Atsmi. I'm here with Kiran Korsidu and Tanji, And this is episode 7 of Tech Talk. You may notice that Karamjit Singh is missing from today. It's because he's busy doing the writing and editing and leadering work that Karamjit does for DNA. In his absence, we're going to try to carry the mantle on our own. Uh, later in this episode, we're going to be talking about how driving safely can perhaps save you money. Uh, but before that, a quick chat with Kieran. And quick question, where do you shop for your clothes online?
1: Quite shamelessly, I have to admit, I shop quite a bit on Zalora. Um, and I had the opportunity of interviewing the COO, the Chief Operating Officer of Zalora last week, Julio um, Ziloyenis. And he shared quite a bit. Um, So just to start off, um, Zalora is growing at a 37.4% year-on-year rate. And Julia is saying if they keep this up, they might hit profitability by next year in 2019.
0: Okay, so let's get this straight here. So Zalora is an online store that sells clothes, only clothes?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say only clothes, all fashion-related stuff. So they have bags, shoes clothing, yeah.
0: And this 37% year growth, I assume they consider this good?
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, he seemed happy. He says that's a rate that's 60% higher than the average growth rate of uh, other e-commerce players in the area. And um, so it, it's, a, it's very promising for them and he's looking forward to what it's going to bring. Right now, they have captured, to my surprise, only 0.7% of the regional population. So that is the population in Asia-Pacific. Um, and they need to. So he compares this to a European e-commerce company called Zalando, and Zalando has eleven million customers in Europe, and they have captured about seven percent of the market population.
0: So is that his target that he wants to go grow the business tenfold from zero point seven percent to seven percent? He didn't
1: specifically say that is his target, but he did mention that to reach that they have to grow the business tenfold. I think maybe that's an aspiration for them. Um, to have that kind of market capture, especially. Uh, 0.7%, he has about 3.5 million customers.
0: With only 07 he has 3.5 million customers.
1: Active customers, yes.
0: And by active, what What does active mean? That
1: means you have purchased something on Zalora in the past year.
0: That sounds pretty good. Because most of Zalora customers I know of, people I know of who shop on Zalora, I would say they are avid shoppers. I mean, they don't buy just one thing at a the time. They buy like 10 or 20 things at a time. Mm-hmm. So you're like nodding, Kirin. You're nodding, like, yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean here. <laughs> I mean, is that, is I'm, that not, what... I'm not
1: going to talk about <laughs> my shopping habits. Of, but um, it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things that I asked him about was also um, SMEs, essentially. So we have a lot of these Instagram shops, if you notice. Uh, little boutiques that sell things online that are not listed on Zalora. Instead, some of these shops have even set up their own shopping websites. And I asked him why that is. Why does he think that is? Um, And he said possibly that these brands feel like they need to protect their brand data. And so they choose to set up their own uh, websites or their own shopping sites instead of choosing to list on Zalora. Because I would think listing on Zalora would be an easier thing to do because then your logistics is handled, your fulfilment is handled and everything by Zalora. But he also said this, he said the moment they have a bad fiscal year, um, then you find them coming and choosing to list on Zalora. He said that those that go on Zalora, you tend to uh, be the ones that window shop because females essentially, is that it's a habit where you go and you search for things, you just browse and you shop. So when you... When you have your own website, then the I guess the shopping habit has to be more intentional. You're specifically going to that website to look for something specific and shopping off the website. Whereas for Zalora, it's like a collection of different brands. So he's saying that those that don't list on Zalora, essentially what you're doing is you're missing out on the customers that window shop.
0: Okay, since we've got to this point now, I mean, there were, there are two things I want to cover. One, one is the fact that this idea that you have uh, a marketplace, if you like, that brings together many brands into one place. And the second thing is your comment of women win- <laughs> window yeah. shopping, right? Uh-huh. I mean, is there something about habits of people who visit Zalora? I mean, is it more likely that they will look at a lot of stuff before zeroing in on what they want? Do they buy more stuff than usual and then return a lot? I mean, what, what are what the kind what kinds of...
1: To be honest, patterns. we didn't even get to the returning habits of customers, um, but uh, I don't know about the habit. but he did mention this. He said those that go on Zara tend to be the ones that search and window shop. They don't specifically look for something specific unless, I mean, you can.
0: So, so there's a lot of browsing. There's yeah, a lot there. of looking, looking around. Yeah. So his argument is that because people are not going in with a clear intent of what they want to buy, it's better to put many brands there so that, so that people can then um, sort of like...
1: Yeah, uh, so he's saying merchants that list on the site, on Zalora, you have higher chance of capturing these people that window shop. Yeah. I,
0: I put it to you. I put it to you that the strength that Zalora has by bringing all these diverse brands together will be that he can also collect data yep. about people. like People who like a lot of stuff from brand A are also more likely to buy stuff from brand B, and that's more likely to be recommended stuff. Whereas if the shops sort of isolate on their own and only um, sell their own brand, they wouldn't be getting this kind of cross
1: data. Would, would that be fair? Interestingly, he did say this. He said, we believe we are a data-first company Uh, before being a fashion company, so what's interesting, what I found particularly interesting is that he's saying each team in Zalora has a business intelligence person, at any point this person can just draw out any data that they want about how the business is performing, which area of the business is growing more, um, anything at any point is he saying that all this data is accessible by, accessible by anyone who anyone? Okay, that, that it? Okay, that wasn't clearly uh, yeah. what... But,
0: but, but he's saying the data is there to be analysed. Every in- team.
1: So we also asked him, do you have a chief data officer? And he said, no. We don't have a chief data officer because it's very pervasive in their culture. He gave this analogy. He said, well, if I'm a fashion company and I say I have a chief fashion person, then I'm not really a fashion company because fashion should be the whole company, right? So he's saying like, Data is so pervasive in their culture, that, yeah.
0: That I find that I find that very interesting. I mean, I mean, perhaps perhaps uh, DNA should invite Zalora to, to to present at the next uh, conference that that we help organize. Um, did he say anything about other things like artificial intelligence?
1: Um, well, I actually asked him whether they have any plans of like because now we have a lot of these startups that are doing. AR, VR, fitting rooms where you go and try on mm-hmm. your clothing and that sort of thing, whether they're doing any research on that. He said, no, well, but what they have, they are working on other things. Um, so not so much maybe AR and VR, but yeah, AI, yes. So they're working on a sizing tool. Um, that's one of it. And he's looking to roll that out within the next how, month. How,
0: how would a sizing tool work as a guy of considerable size?
1: So <laughs> I, they just collect lots of data from everyone, different Sizing. Um, I
0: mean, do I turn the camera on to myself and it takes a picture of me? I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I
1: don't. I don't know the details of that. Okay. But it could be from a pool of people.
0: <laughs> I. I mean, I find that both exciting and scary at the same time. The amount of data that they have, the amount of data that they can uh-huh. have, right? I said, we looked at the shape of your face and we know that you're going to be at least an XL. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that freaks me out. Um, moving forward, did Zalora did they discuss with you? how they plan to grow? I mean, they sound very ambitious.
1: Um, well, they didn't talk so much about their strategy going forward, but they spoke about some of the pain points that they had previously and how it has changed. So initially, when they were starting off, I think in 2012, some of their pain points was, uh, one big one was talent. So, I mean, if you were to put up an ad and say, we want somebody with five years experience in fashion e-commerce... You, you really don't find anyone, so they had to start from scratch. Train people. I would, I would people. assume that's
0: a really, really small pool. I mean, you to have to have experience in fashion and e-commerce, and probably to understand big data, it's not going to be easy to find someone like that. You would have to tr- train exactly. them
1: Exactly. So they did a lot of training, and um, even until today, I think they have training, structured training, and they also have very casual training sessions where. Anybody can just, I think it is a once a week or once a month sort of thing where you just sit in a group and you can choose to share anything you want about.
0: That sounds very like Zen and very like a <laughs> uh, cherry, caring feeling. I mean, is, is, that, is that the impression you got? That they're very open?
1: No, and but very... the impression I got was that they do take training very seriously at, at all levels. Even for their fashion buying, he mentioned that they actually bring people in. Um, to train their fashion buyers on how to spot uh, brands, what brands would work. And then in terms of the market as well, uh, one thing is that Zalora, they sell to a very non-homogeneous market, it's a very diverse market. So you have those that are interested in um, mm. modest wear, for example. And then you have the more fashionable products as well. So that is one thing that he also highlighted. He said that have actually different from the other competitors in the West, like Zalando, because over here in APAC, um, you have a very diverse base of customers as well.
0: From a competition perspective, do, do they see anyone in the region currently challenging them?
1: Uh, well, regionally, uh, no. But locally, there are lots of local players individually in certain countries. So... Um, I asked him whether he would consider Fashion Valley as, a, as competition mm. in Malaysia. And he said, yes, He said yes. He said, yeah. yes uh, they are. But <laughs> then there are others also in other markets like um, Vietnam, there, there are players there. So I think it is more at an individual country level.
0: Um, did, did they share with you any f- projected figures? What they hope for the future? I, I mean... I mean, it's all great saying that you're ambitious. Yeah.
1: Um, well, there was no projection figure, but last year, they their last fiscal year, they earned a revenue of hundred and f- well, sorry, one point four five billion euros. Uh, that was by the Global Fashion Group. So Global Fashion Group is the holding company of Zalora, and they earned that much. Um, but uh, so uh, f- from from APAC, APAC region, which is what where Zalora operates, it's about 502 million euros
0: well thank you very much Kieran. uh we'll have to take a break right now uh, but when we come back we're going to talk to tanji about how driving carefully can save you money in the long run
2: ever wondered what leadership is all about is it developed over time or are people just born with it we believe there is a science behind leadership and we want to help you understand it take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world, over our range of shows, tackling key spaces in different industries today. Leaderonomics, the science of building leaders.
0: Hi, welcome back to Tech Talk. My name is Zof Asmi. In front of me is Tan Yi, a voice you probably have not heard before on this, or certainly on this podcast. Has anyone heard your voice before
2: anywhere, G? Um, thankfully, no. <laughs> I think we survived a lot of things. I'm sorry for you guys, though. Okay. So what are you going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about an app called DriveMark. And DriveMark is an app that is going to help you save money if you drive safely. And so
0: how, you, how do you spell that? D-R-I-V-E-M-A-R-K. M-A-R-K, right? Yeah. And it's, some, it's something that anyone can install right now. Right now, you can okay.
2: just go download well, it. In just the to be clear, we're
0: not advertising them, although it sounds like it. I just want to get the facts right. So it says you can, you can. It's, this is an app that can save you money. How does it do that? Does it give you coupons for for petrol or something?
2: In a way, yes. But uh, firstly, it will track your driving performance. So if you do well and you don't do stuff like break the speed limit, or take sharp turns, or brake really harshly, or run over old ladies then you will be uh, graded on a score. And if your score is good, and you'll be able to sort of um, reap certain rewards that uh, are available at the end of every month. So examples of these rewards would be? So the primary one would be um, getting some discounts on your insurance premiums. So DriveMark um, partners with Allianz and Etica, two of the largest uh, car insurance providers in the country. And uh, if you do well, uh, thanks to the detarification of uh, car insurance, you'll be able to purchase your car insurance on the app for a lower premium.
0: So it gives a discount straight away. Yes, is it is a bit like is it is it like a bit like an NCB where you sort of you add up everything and then you deduct a certain amount, like a like a, like a safe driving bonus, as it were, right? Because NCB is like a no-collision bonus because you haven't had an accident. But this is one level higher. This is something that's observed you as you're driving and then sort of saying, well done, you you drove well, you drove safely, you
2: didn't hit anyone, uh, we're going to give you an additional bonus on your premium. And that's pretty much it. And essentially, it's um, not an entirely new way to track your, sort of so lower your premiums because uh, even prior to this, there are sort of companies that provide car tracking services using your G- unique GPS, and that way they can lower your premiums if you do good. But uh, the special thing with uh, DriveMart is that instead of having to install a GPS tracker in your car, you can just use your smartphone. Okay.
0: Now... Um is insurance premium, premiums the only thing you can dis- get discounts for at the moment, or are there any other things that they are offering?
2: So, one other benefit for of using DriveMark is that if you do well for one month, um, what DriveMark does is they provide a personal accident coverage of ten thousand ringgit for the next month. So, say if you do if you drive carefully in April, and you get a good score, you'll be able to get this PA coverage in May but if you do badly in May you will not be able to get that coverage in June.
0: Now what what is Drivebound's business model? Are they selling this app to you? Are you subscribing to the app or is there another another way that they're getting their income stream?
2: I believe their income stream would likely come from the fact that they sort of connect you to these insurance providers and also with the other partners that they do um, in sort of upcoming campaigns to get you to drive safely. So as a user, you don't have to pay anything up front. You just need to sign up, and you just um, turn on the app as you drive.
0: It does seem to me, though, you know the saying that they say, that uh, when you don't have to pay for, for, for something, then it's basically you, right? You are the cost of using it. So clearly, they must be collecting data from users. Um, did they share with you about what kind of data they're collecting, how they're collecting, and, and why they're doing so?
2: So the kind of data they collect is your driving data, and um, essentially things like the time that you're driving, uh, the way that you drive, um, that's a lot of good, useful stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: behavioural patterns as well. Yeah, yeah
2: pretty which much. shops
0: you go to, which shopping malls you go to.
2: So, but what um, the founder, uh, Syed Ahmad Fakhar, told me was that they sort of position themselves as the guardian of driver data, because one of the the problem he mentioned when it comes to um, insurance companies that provide this. Um, driving performance tracking and helping you lower insurance is that a lot of the users feel uncomfortable that the insurance providers know exactly where they are mm. all the time. But going to DriveMark is that they would hold on to the data and what data they provide to the insurance providers are sort of summarized ones. Just their, your performance in driving and not, as what they told me, not anything to do, to, to do with your location at any particular given time.
0: I mean, this is a promise that they put forward in their user agreement. I mean, I mean, private uh, personal data and how it's managed. In Malaysia, there's a lot of things we can improve. Uh, that uh, I mean, I think there's not enough transparency sometimes about how personal data is used. This company is a new company,
2: right? Actually, no. Um, so the interesting thing with this company, uh, so DriveMark created by a company called Katsana Holdings. And they've actually been operational since 2014. Mm-hmm. So that's a while then, it's that a while. is a while. But the, the way that they started was that they didn't start with DriveMark. What they started was, with, they do provide uh, GPS tracking services. So what they do is they sell you GPS trackers that you can install in your car to sort of track the car if it's stolen, for example, mm-hmm. and after over the years they discovered that somehow You know, um, it's not just consumers who want this. It's actually larger organizations who want to put this in their vehicles, their buses, their trucks. And not just to sort of track to see if they can find stolen vehicles because insurance usually covers for that. But what they want to find out is how well their drivers are doing. Are they driving on time? Are they... Avoiding accidents, are they driving carefully? I
0: mean, I agree with you. I mean, fleet management is one of those things that uh, large transportation companies are concerned about. And even just from, is my bus or lorry driver taking breaks as necessary, right? You know, I mean, it's not just how well they are driving, but sometimes you might want to mandate that they have to take a rest every X hours. Yeah, precisely yeah. So, so that's actually a positive thing on that So they, they started by selling GPS trackers mm-hmm. But now they've allowed your phone to be the tracker. I suppose the real question is Do they have users? I mean, do they have numbers on how many users they have?
2: Well, they do And it's currently at 55,000 current users And 40% of which are active Active being that they actively take out the app To sort of check to see if they have any rewards Or how well they're doing when under 20% is largely dormant, but still providing drive mark with their driving behaviour. Okay, I
0: mean, it's good they, they, they are brave enough to admit how many of those are dormant. And you sort of expect that. And I think 40% is not bad, I guess, and for, for what they want to do, which is show that they have a population that drives safely.
2: Right. And I guess it's also the amount of um, sort of rewards they're giving, because if you do well, you just want to keep checking your score to make sure that you are entitled to the upcoming benefit or reward. The other thing that I'm interested to know is how they prevent spoofing. Because mm-hmm. between my
0: wife and I, one of us is a much more careful driver. And uh, how would they know? <laughs> like, you know, person A signs up for it, but then they give person B to carry the phone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'd be curious whether that's something that they've somehow catered for. I mean, that's the other thought that comes to my mind.
2: Well, I guess in that sense, they'll be able to reward your wife for driving carefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like, okay, you still get this, this sign-up bonus, but it's because your wife drives carefully. Um, moving forward, I mean, it... I tell you one big attraction here. If I was the company, is I'm going to get hold of possibly a lot of data.
1: Yeah, valuable data.
0: Yes, and I mean the the question really the the potential billion dollar question would be like, what would you do with this data, once you once you get it?
2: Uh, did they share their
0: plans for the future?
2: So what Syed Ahmad Foucah told me was that they they hope to position themselves as a community of safe drivers. So it's not just um, you know, uh, letting anyone who drives safe get access to insurance premiums. So the idea is that if you sort of get a bigger pool of safe drivers that you know do very well, you'll be able to take this pool and go up to an insurance company and say, hey, so I have this user base that is numbering in this amount. So would you want to provide a, create a product for them with a much lower premium because they are sort of, you can see the data that they are they are good drivers, they're safe drivers. But now you can sort of craft a particular product for them to be able to sort of get car insurance at a much lower premium. So,
0: so he's, he's suggesting that people who care enough about their driving, that they would sign up to an app like this, right. would represent a pool of people who would be on average safer drivers.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Because the thing with insurance, especially car insurance, is that um, a small number of bad drivers are actually causing the premiums to go up, because when an accident happens, the sort of insurance company would have to sort of uh, provide the disbursement of to cover for the for the accident, and the people who are safe drivers are the ones who are paying for these bad drivers.
0: Well, well, <laughs> I, <laughs> It's not really how insurance... I mean, okay, yes, in that sense, you're right. Um, it is, but it sounds a bit like the argument of healthy people are paying insurance for unhealthy people. Um, it's not necessarily always the driver's fault that you need to claim insurance. Sometimes other drivers, outside factors are a fault. I guess but that's why it's like a carefully small amount of bad drivers. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, I forgot to ask, what kind of discounts are we looking at here, roughly?
2: So um, it's hard to put it in percentage, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, when your score gets tallied, instantly you'll be able to sort of get this sort of premiums from two different insurance providers. So you'll be able to decide then which one's the ones that comes out cheaper for you. And you can make a purchase on the spot.
0: Finally, I have to ask the question. Is this a product that if you've tried? Have you tried installing it and seeing what happens? Frankly, with my
2: driving, not yet.
0: (laughs) You'll be that bad data point in the pool you're saying that spoils the market for everybody else. Yep. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much. That's our episode of Tech Talk for today. Um, Thank you so much for Kiran and G for joining us. Please join us again in two weeks' time for our next episode. My name is Zof Asmi. Thank you.
2: You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.